Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. So Craig's uh, got a new apartment, everyone. Um, he hasn't got his Wi-Fi hooked up just yet, so we, we don't know how good it's going to be. <laughs> we remain optimistic. We're excited to find out. Maybe by the next podcast, we'll know, but he's on his phone today. Um, but here we are. Uh, I'm, I assume, Craig, you didn't get to watch too much footy this weekend, given that you're moving. No, just highlights and reading a lot. And my goodness, is there a lot going on? It's exciting, eh? They got all this going on. Premier League's coming to a climax. You got teams promoted. Sheffield United has been promoted. We know yeah, Burnley's promoted. Ipswich Town are promoted. Plymouth Argyle are promoted. We know of Wrexham as well from the non-league. And uh, Man City have taken the league in the Premier League since first time since week three. I think. Isn't that amazing? Like that. Week yeah. three, week three, and they found a way. Finally, even with the games in hand now, and they're in first place. Uh, having beaten Fulham 2-1. I mean, listen, give Fulham credit. They they showed some fight in that game. It wasn't the full-strength City. Mo De Bruyne, for example, but it's still pretty freaking good man City. Uh, and they got it done. Harlan hit the big number 50, Jimmy, in the end. 50 on this season. Uh, 34 in the league, which is uh, equal in the record, of course, which was done in a 22-game season, of course, with Shearer and Andy Cole. So he'll be smashing that pretty soon. Um, so the 50 goals... 42, is, I think you mean, right? 42-game season? Uh, sorry, what did I say? 22? Yes. Yeah, 42. That'd be really impressive in a 22-game season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What? That's like Messi-esque. Um, so, so 50, though, in a top-flight season, is the first top-flight player to reach a half-century of goals in one campaign since Tom Pongo Waring did it for Aston Villa in 1931. Good friend of mine. Yeah, old Pongo. What a great nickname. I think they had better nicknames back in those days, eh? Don't you think? Pongo? Uh, <laughs> what, Pongo's a good nickname? I think so. <laughs> well, when you score 50. But I mean, Pepper's asked about that. He was, they were saying that this is the first time since whenever, and he's like, 
before Winston Churchill was the prime minister? Like, yeah. He's like, whoa, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that, that coached Barcelona with Messi doing it every year, right? Yeah. 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 First time? Now, Dixie Dean has the all-time record, doesn't he? At 63, I think. Yep. That's probably yeah. out of touch for him. That was, what, in the 1930s? Oh, man. Yeah, what was Dixie probably. Dean? It was a long time ago. I mean, at what point do we say that is the record? Um, football did exist back then. Or do we say the game was so different back then that really it's the modern era you have to consider and compare these these numbers to? What do you no, think? No, what the hell? I don't see any problem comparing whatsoever. I never thought we would see the game uh, develop into as many goals or individual scoring goals at a level of more than one a game. I didn't see that 20 years ago. I just thought that that with those times are gone. I thought that organized defenses of beyond that ever happening again. Yeah. But there's there's been a lot of goals. I mean, last midweek, I think there were 16 goals in three games. There's just been piles and piles of goals. It's been, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's great. World Cup was great. Lots of goals in that too. So trending in the right direction. I agree. And it's exciting. All these oh. goals. And like even the, the Liverpool-Tottenham match. That's seven goals in that. Seven seven goals in that game. What a match, oh, yeah. But when you look at it, I mean, Holland, wait, he's got 50 goals, and I think City scored 83 in total this season. Over-dependent. And he scored 50 of them. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? So what yeah. are they without him, huh? Yeah. That's incredible. Remember, I heard some punters talking about one time during the season that they're, they're yeah, they're, they rely on him too much. And he's, he's, what the fuck are you talking about? I love that argument as well when you hear that. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a really great team. But man, w- without Messi, you know, they wouldn't be the same. W- without Haaland, without Ronaldo, they wouldn't. You know what? If you have that type of talent, you have to be over-reliant on him, don't you? What, what else? What's the point? What, are you going to play him less? Oh, he's scoring too many goals. Let's let, play him less. Let me tell you something. Does Haaland, they rely on him too much. Does, does Haaland go back and receive the ball off the goalkeeper and dribbles all the way up the pitch and then scores 50 times. Yeah. The team, the team has got, <laughs> the, the team has got to, they've got to provide them service. That's their job. His job is to score goals. The rest of the team is to provide him service. So they've got to pull their magic throughout the pitch, mm-hmm. try to give him those opportunities. Well, what I'll say though, is this is, is earlier this season with this conversation that there was an argument to be made that they were better without him last year right? Earlier this season, they were struggling a little bit. They weren't quite as fluid, but I think we, we all agreed that, well, listen, it's Pep Guardiola coaching this team. He's going to figure it out, right? Maybe Haaland needs to adjust his game a little bit, or maybe the players around Haaland need to adjust their game a little bit, or maybe Pep needs to adjust what he's doing. Pep's made the adjustment. And now you see this team, you know, better than they were last year. This team is absolutely all encompassing dominant at the moment. And I think that's really interesting to see how this team's evolved and grown around this guy because they, they weren't the same city for the first maybe half of the season. Mm. He's not a one-trick pony, though, Alan. That's the, no. that's the thing. He's, he, he can hold the ball up well. He brings others into play. He's good with his feet. He's got pace. Gets in behind. Great in the air. Overhead yeah. kicks. <laughs> he's not a one-trick pony, but he's a fucking stallion, isn't he? I would love, yeah, to, play. I would love to play with him. Imagine you get in that final third and you go, okay, if I put it into this area, there's, there's a chance. Probably nine times out of ten, he's going to get on the back of this. 
Think yeah, how many, it, like how many assists you get. You'd look so good as a player. I'd be like, yeah. It must, be great. it must be great being someone like Julian Alvarez playing alongside him, right? Having a little bit more space, you would think, because he creates so much space. How do you stop City trying to stop Haaland or stop the service? But then the guy like Alvarez pops up and that goal he scored on the weekend, an absolute beauty of, of a goal. And he's had a really good season as well, but no one's talking about Alvarez because it's, it's Haaland's season. He's going to win all the, all the gongs, all the awards. But it must be so much fun, Jimmy, like you said, that to play beside this guy or in the same team because, like you said, he's a target. But like Craig said, he's more than just a target. He, he really is. He, he makes intelligent runs. He can beat you in so many different kinds of ways. And he can spray a pass too. We're seeing that a little bit as well, right? Which he wasn't renowned for necessarily. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Like I said before, I'd love to play with him. And he could take all the glory if I was playing with him. Take it. I don't care. I'm picking up my win bonuses. I'm winning trophies. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you you want the glory, take it. Did you enjoy, <laughs> did you enjoy an assist more than a goal, Jimmy? Well, I, he, would, he wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I did enjoy scoring, but yeah, an assist for me was, it was big, right? If I whipped it in or set somebody up and they scored, yeah. I loved it because I knew I wasn't scoring 50 goals in a season. <laughs> so let me let me let me try to provide as many as I can. Hey, Craig, how many assists do you get in a season? What's your your highest assist total? Do you ever get one or two? What's good for a goalkeeper? Just punt oh. it up there and hope that. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, you're not getting it. It's usually a flick on to somebody else. You're not getting assists for the second touch, right? Now and again, you get an assist, though, right? Keepers, it's great when you get those things. Well, Ederson's had a few. He's yeah, probably the, definitely the highest, I would say, in the yeah. last five years. He's had assist off goal kicks because the center backs didn't know it was you can't be offside on a goal kick and Aguero's gone. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts, yeah. They should I think they should hand out second assists. I think they should start doing that as well. You know, I, I think in, in football so often it is the the, the playmaker that uh mm-hmm. you know really should get the kudos for a well-worked team goal, but they get nothing. Well, anyway, I mean, for decades, it, there was no assist at all, and I could never figure that out. I was just, I just don't get it. Well, it's the way football is done. It's just a goal scorer. It's like, it doesn't tell the pitcher the whole story of what, how that goal worked out. You beat five players and drop it off to somebody to tap it in, and he's running off to the crowd, taking off his shirt, and you get nothing? Like, so... I'm glad the assists have come into at least this level, but I think the two assists uh, is good. Stats, I think, numbers, I think right? they should bring in OGs into the NHL too, just change sports here quickly. No, that would ruin so many goals. But like, I mean, to, like Tavares scores against... Um, Tampa Bay Tam- Lightning? Tampa Bay. The puck is missing the net by four feet, and he's, yeah, Tavares is like, it went off the defender skating in the net. Like Craig, Craig, Craig. It's, it's the most beautiful fucking goal I've seen in 19 years, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what a night, Jimmy. What a night. Uh, it was wonderful, wasn't it? I'm still kind of a loss for words. I, I, I really you, am. Uh, it might, stars might align for the Toronto Maple Leafs now that Boston's out. Yeah. I know. What a crazy night. That, that Avalanche one, out. Bruins our out. Bogey, our bogey team as well is out. Yep. You know We've got that, a few bogey teams. That's the issue. Outside of MLS, call it the the four major sports that the you know the North American sports 
landscape like to call it. None of those sports, the best regular season record, have ever gone on to win the title, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, or the NHL. Really? The, this the year. big four? Yeah. Nobody What's with it? the best regular season has ever won this. So explain that. Is that because playoff sport is so different to regular season sport, or is it that they, they burn themselves out in the regular season getting those great points totals? There must be a reason for it. It makes no sense. I think there's also a lot of pressure when you move into it because you've, mm. you've got this, you know, the, oh, the greatest regular season ever. I mean, Boston only lost 12 games, I believe, in 60 minutes all season, 82 yeah. games. Just you could not see them not going all the way. And then here you got playoffs where it's just a different animal, just completely. And I will say about the NHL is that the worst team going into the NHL playoffs could win it, where in the NBA, generally speaking, that's never, never going to happen. So do you think the head coach of Boston should have been saying to his players, whoa, hey, slow down. Let's lose a couple here, lads. Yes, I'm, I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit too good, a bit too much pressure. You don't want the president's trophy. Yeah, you don't, you don't want the best record ever. Yeah, because the odds – the odds are against us here, so let's just slow the fuck down, boys. <laughs> is there ever a case in sport, right? Let's say you football. Is there ever a case for your coach to say, "Boys, take it easy. This one's not that important. We no. don't need this one." Is there ever a case? Ever no? Mm, coming to the end of the season, if you're sitting in no man's land in the league, whatever league that is, you do get the shout where the boys are like, "Yeah, they get through the ninety minutes. You work hard." Don't get injured. I remember a guy could a South African player, Mish Dabere, said that going out. Lads, just get through it. No injuries. I think five minutes in, he broke his cheekbone, had a compressed fracture of his cheekbone. His summer was finished. Never could go back home to South Africa. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That's the worst getting a bad injury at the last game of the season. You're, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that competitive spirit in professional athletes that you, you can't just switch on, switch off. You, you have it or you don't have it, right? Um, so I can see why a player couldn't. Well, maybe you can. I mean, we talk about flip flops, right, Jimmy? You know, yeah, there is it is flip flops already because there's nothing to play for. You know, and you see some teams doing. It. I thought Brentford, for example, were doing that for a while against Forest on the weekend, Jimmy, and then, oh God. <laughs> Just a terrible result for Forrest. They're looking so good. What an enormous win it was about to be. And then, I mean, as a coach, when, when Ivan Tony scores that free kick through the wall, oh, it's through the wall, then post Paul Alquila Navas is the, the goat, but it's the wall that just breaks apart. I mean, how are you thinking if, if you're Steve Cooper thinking, boys, this is we're that close to getting three points and, and you allow this to happen? I I would love to know how many times he's he's replayed that that free kick to those people to those players that were in the wall for turning turning their back. If they just got to stand and be brave, I hate when they jump and turn because the minute they do that, opens up gaps, and that's when the ball gets through. Close it's your terrible. eyes, cover your nuts or nut, and then. Uh... You're going to take it in the movie. Otherwise, you're looking at the ball sometimes. It generally, they'll turn away. But out of all the small things, you know? The but even small put your chin to your chest, right? Even that, like, it's, it's, it won't be that bad. Just not stand pleasant, there. But take it. It stings for a couple of seconds. And then after you 
you play on. I don't get it. I don't yeah, understand why they turn. Because the pain that you're going to get from all your teammates and the media and everything else is way worse than taking one in the face or even the balls, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll replay that, right, in the video session. Oh, yes, they will. Oh, you don't want to be in the video. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> this morning when they pulled that out, Jimmy, they said, oh, oh. we're just going to have a look at the goals we can see. You're just like melting ice cream cone in your seat. <laughs> Did you enjoy video sessions or are they just boring as hell? Uh, when you, it was coming out of a bad game, you generally <laughs> didn't. You just hoped that they would pull a couple of clips that you were involved in. Yeah, or if you knew you, or if you knew you made a mistake, a bad one. Yeah, you're just sitting there waiting, going, "Oh, when's it yeah. coming? It's Come coming. on, it's coming." Did they, Craig? Did they have video back sessions back when you lost nine nil? No, they they figured they just we'll put that one behind us. Oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a, let's break down each goal here. No point in showing this one. <laughs> no, no. We, to see that we one never, I never saw those goals again for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> until the last podcast, in fact, when I played them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so Forrest lost two one. I mean, the winner. I love one of the best calls I've, I've heard. Actually, um, I forget. I forget what network I was watching it on when I went, when I went numerous streams. Um, when De Silva scored, the, the line was just Da Silva bullet. It was brilliant. <laughs> I thought it was really well done. But uh, what was was Wisa offside and interfering in front of uh, Navas in that one, Jimmy, do you think? Or, or was it a good goal? I mean, yeah. I understand why Steve Cooper was upset. Yeah, he was upset, but it was a, it was a good goal. It was disappointing because they played so well. They played ever so well. They stopped, they stopped Brentford from penetrating. And then you could see Brentford was getting a little bit frustrated. They ended up making a few substitutions and try to change their tactics a little bit, you know, to, to get more control of the match. But over the last couple of games, I thought Forrest have played ever so well. You know, they were unlucky at Liverpool. Unlucky as well at Brentford. If they could have just held on for that last 10 minutes, you know, they would have walked away with three points but you know it's an uphill battle but they still got a couple of matches ahead of them that i think they'll be okay i think they'll they'll nick a couple couple of wins you do right yeah right. interesting about the the that second goal and the interfering whether he's offside or not somebody was saying that they said he was just on but i i don't i'd like to see that again but Navis didn't say anything. He didn't complain right away. I don't think he was interfering with Navis, but a lot of times the VAR don't understand the goalkeeper's position there at all. And will say they're not interfering when they are interfering with the play. Yeah. Because they don't quite understand it. But Navis wasn't, in my opinion, had anything to do with it. He kind of made a mess of it, beat him near post. Yeah. But sometimes they are interfering. Um, but it's always good if you are a goalkeeper, even if you have messed up, to try to draw attention to that, that he was blocking, and it might just change far as mine. But you didn't see any of that from Navis. So. Yeah. But you're, it was a long right. look. You're, you're right, though. You know, I, I don't think they do take in consideration, you know, the, the goalkeeper's perspective because, you know, if I'm looking at it going, oh, he's not interfering with the keeper, but even just players in certain positions, it takes your – You'll catch them in the corner of your eye, which kind of throws you off a little bit as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. by him standing there, you're, you're kind of looking, you can see him. and you're So it takes away from you focusing on the ball because you've also got to be aware of what's around you. 
Yeah, because you're not sure he's offside. Yeah. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, interesting, though. But long look at VAR, and it came back, and obviously yeah, things aren't falling into Nottingham Forest's favour these days. No. no, I mean, four games left. Uh, they're a point from safety. 30 points. You think you think probably 36 maybe might be enough this year to survive around about oh, 36 there. is enough. You know, 34 so. West Ham with a goal differential yeah. might be enough. Although they're a little nervous they need a few more points, I would think. But 34 could. Yeah, it could. Right. Well, I mean, Forrest played... So Forrest hosts Southampton next Monday. All right, that's massive. Uh, then they're off to Stanford Bridge. And who the hell knows what that's going to look like, right? Uh, then, then they host Arsenal. Okay, forget that one. But they close out the season at Sellers Park against Palace, right? Palace yeah. in flip-flops. It could come down to that game, right? Yeah. Well, today today they'll, they'll drop back into the relegation zone because yeah. Everton and Leicester play today. Right. So regardless of the score, whether they draw or someone wins, they're, they're back in that relegation spot. Yeah. Well, Bournemouth have done the job, right? Leeds now still very much, you know, in danger right now. Bournemouth smashed them 4-1. Yeah. Gary O'Neill's Bournemouth, 10 points safe now. 10 points and in 13th place today. There's five five teams now in that relegation battle. Did you yeah. guys see that Leeds United uh, video that was went kind of viral in the hotel when they, the players came out and there were some fans there and they literally ignored walked them. right past them, ignored yeah, them. Piers Morgan hammered them for it, right? And that's kind of where it's, it's blown up. I mean, it's mm. not good enough, is it? There weren't that many fans there. It Maybe looked ever. awful. It looked, re- it looked really bad. Well, they've come out with a full apology. Leeds United as a club, the players have come out as well and apologized. Um, I will say and not a defense of the players. And I saw, I think your old teammate, Brian Dean. Did he play with you, Jimmy? Brian Dean? No. No? You remember him. He was around for a long time. He was talking about this. And when your club is doing really bad and you're playing really poorly, you you come, you got your head down like you're you're embarrassed. Yeah. And a lot of times those fans standing there too, they're going to give it to you too. You come up and whatever, or somebody will say, oh, you're signing autographs. You should, you know have your head up, you know, in the sand somewhere, you know, and it's not, it's not, doesn't tell everything about what happened there. Although I'm not defending them because it's just unacceptable. But mm-hmm. when you're playing that badly and things are going really badly for you, you're, you're embarrassed. You got your head down and just, it just looks bad. But usually in those situations, right. Coming off the bus or whatever, that those fans, generally speaking, aren't, aren't the belligerent fans, right. They're often families or kids wanting autographs. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were certainly, you, you didn't see those fans like, you know, hammering, oh, you suck, you arsehole. Ah. No. Not that, they, not that they speak like a Londoner. You also least, get a bunch of regulars that you see all the time. And all they're doing is getting autographs to resell. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. So yeah, there's that cynicism there as well. And I, I never minded that. It was like, you're going to begrudge some guy making a few bucks off your signature selling it? Like, yeah. go ahead. I'll sign all your programs. For- this is worth money? Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> 10, 20 years later, your autograph's not worth a bean, so you might as well. Yeah. What is a Craig Forrest autograph worth now in, in East London, I wonder, compared to 1997? Buck seventy five. Not, <laughs> not, not even. I would have to pay somebody to take. I don't know. You know, but it might be surprised. I want to find this out. There's got to be some some. Uh, I, I've got, actually, I know a sports merch guy. Uh, go on eBay. 
Yeah. Hey, JC, can you go on eBay right now and just uh, see how much these guys are worth? Anything they have in, on the eBay? I think there's a couple cards on there for like a dollar fifty or something. Oh yeah, well, that's all right. Oh, there used to be, but. Well, why don't we buy them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go go. back. I'm going to give you two dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty so tragic, right? I'm going to just oh no, I'm going to pay fifteen dollars for this card that's for sale for a buck fifty, just to increase my value. It's like the new verification blue tick. Wow. If Elon Musk wasn't such a dickhead, I would I might think about it. Oh, yeah. I haven't I, honestly since they they lost my my blue tick. I haven't noticed anything actually in my feed. I can't see that JC. What's it saying? I can't see it. Craig Forrest, West Ham United FC in Canada football signed photograph autograph. Ten pounds. Woo! Whoa! Hey, quid. And it's a it's a it's Craiger, uh, Craig, who's a member of this program. Uh, if anyone didn't know, uh, about to kick what looks to be a ball. Uh, while he's wearing uh, his legs look just like tree trunks. My goodness, great legs. Um, yeah, ten, ten pounds, <laughs> eight by ten color photograph. Color, color. Is, photograph. It, is it framed? Doesn't look to be framed. No, the frame is probably worth eight quid, at least. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, the the big the big question, JC. Can you see how long it's been up there for sale? Well, hold on. Okay, I can figure it out. I out. could put one out 2014. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when Craig put it on there. No kidding, though. It's this whatever Almost website. Years. Yeah, so it's, it's not worth 10 quid. I can put it up for a million. I'll, I'll sign your autograph for a million. And hold on. There's, it, a, there's a bunch more. Here's one. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I'm sure a, there is. Here's just a signature on eBay. Uh, for 1995. Really? Oh, well, I guess it doesn't mean they're going to get that for it, does it? You, you can put any price up there, really. Right, that's the right. point. Yeah, they've been yeah. Up, those have been up there for since eBay began. I, 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 I think we got a bid on it, so it's 19 bucks, right? Yeah. Let's let's see if we can get it for three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but the guy who posted it, it's been on there so long, he might not even be alive anymore. <laughs> Craig, maybe it's your ex. <laughs> She found a box of old pictures and autographs. Yeah, yeah trying to make a few quid off them. Yeah, let's go, JC. Let's see if we can bargain with this guy. All right. The guy will be shocked. If I'm on it. That'd be amazing. Okay, Shot so yeah, three, three bucks. All right, let's see. Let's, let's get a bidding war going here for Craig's autograph. <laughs> and then we got to find some Jimmy stuff. There's some some you know TFC diehards still. <laughs> still <laughs> who remember the early days i'm sure yeah any chance of a nice evening down at uh bemo field oh my goodness every single football game is just a disaster for See, weather i would have thought somewhere there'd be a for jimmy would have a sex tape out there somewhere <laughs> what <laughs> for he sure does. somewhere in norfolk there's a sex tape <laughs> rolling around whatever <laughs> Um, oh, so you mentioned the, the Liverpool game, four <laughs> three. What a game it was, right? Now the best part of this though was was when Klopp celebrates the Jota goal, and then just goes to the fourth official in his face, which is inexcusable. I hate that. But then returns and blows his hamstring. Yeah, that was amazing. The funniest look. It serves him bloody right. I mean, I, I love Klopp. I do. You know what a legend he is. But he just he can rub people and certainly myself the wrong way his behavior on the sidelines with the officials. He's a little bit too intense sometimes, isn't he? He thinks Paul Turney's got a conspiracy against his team, which might be the case. 
But I think there's a time and a place to address that and, and maybe not just after a game when the emotions are still flying high. And he's going to get an FA charge now, at least one. And the thing is, if you're Spurs, you could say, well, Jota scores in the 94th minute. He shouldn't have been even on the pitch. He, he could have been sent off. High, high boot on Nardi. Oh, should have been. Right? So sure. Klopp's not saying anything about that. Nope. You imagine how mad he would have been if that was the case. He's kind of turning into the new Fergie, isn't he? In, in that regard, like Fergie was so belligerent and so surly when things didn't go his way, but was so also so blinkered and one-eyed and didn't see things. And I think Wenger was actually the one who's renowned for that. Oh, I did not see that. It's, it's, we, we always say that when something went against his team or for his team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's not good. But you know, looking at this Liverpool team, right? Diaz starts his first game in a long, long time. And he looks really good. Scored a beauty. Um, he's healthy now. Curtis Jones, he scores. Curtis Jones had a great year last year. Was going to be a big part of this midfield this season. And it, and it and he declined. It didn't work out. Call it a sophomore jinx. Call it whatever you want. Injuries. Didn't work out. He's playing much better. He's starting most games these days. I, I do wonder, Craig, if Liverpool isn't quite as far away as we thought. It's been a bad season. There's been reasons for that. They need reinforcements, no doubt. But maybe it's not the complete tear down and rebuild because up top, they've got some really great talent. The midfield's mm-hmm. not quite as bad as we thought. And defensively, well, listen, they've still got some world-class players there. So what do mm-hmm. you think? Are they not quite as far away as maybe uh, we were led to believe? No, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, we know how they how they are and the quality they have, but you're just looking at what's above them. But they're certainly in that top four category with what they have. And then certainly with a couple of reinforcements, they certainly are in there. Are they capable of winning the league with with a couple of reinforces? Perhaps, but you just don't see Man City not being there or thereabouts for several years to come. Do yeah. you think Liverpool, I mean, they're right now in the Europa League spots, Jimmy. Um, they're not going to make Champions League this year. For next year, I mean, okay, we understand what European football can do to bring players in, even Europa League, right? It's better than nothing for recruitment and money. We know all that. But from the actual footballer's standpoint, would they be better off just focusing just on the league next year, getting that sorted out once again? Or is it still, no, the Europa League's going to be a relevant, important championship? Well, it's going to be important. I think also it helps with recruiting, right? Trying to get players in because if they're not in that European spot, most players now, big names, and when you're spending a lot of money on players, they they want to be playing in Europe. So they, you're going to end up having a good run in it. That's what you want. But yeah, you've got to focus on on the domestic league because you you want to try to win a championship or get into that Champions League position. And the Europa League now. does give you that avenue as well, right? That's true, yeah. Champions League. So yeah. that's a that's a pretty that's a decent competition. Yeah. So they they'll have to focus on that for sure. At least it's looking more and more likely that I, I won't have to pretend that I care about the Conference League next year. That's that's you know still not done yet, but it's looking better anyway. Because where are they? They're in fifth right now, aren't they? Where are we yeah. at now? Uh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's fifth. Jesus Christ. Seven points behind Man U. Yep, yep. Played a game more though. I mean, that's that's not going to happen, barring some complete devastating, you know, <laughs> choke job by United or or Newcastle. They're uh, they're not. Yeah, so it's going to be. <laughs> Europa League or bust. Brighton, uh, don't forget about them. They got a couple games in hand still. They're still. That's true. Yeah, they're thirty-one games, fifty-two points. They're lingering around there. Yeah, they are looking looking pretty decent. Yeah, they're well um, positioned. Mm-hmm, they are. They I mean they smashed Wolves six-nil, <laughs> coming off a loss. Just yeah, 
we went quite depth with them last week. They're just wonderful. Um, United ended Villa's 10 match unbeaten run. Bruno Fernandes scored a beauty. Bruno Fernandes, I know uh, Ten Hag was defending him. He gets a lot of bad press, right, for the antics on the pitch. As, as great as he is, he is maybe the most annoying player in the Premier League. The look in his face, the diving, the embellishing. But man, what a brilliant signing he's been. He is one of the top midfielders in the Premier League. He just doesn't care what everybody thinks. <laughs> no. He doesn't, does he? He doesn't give a shit. No. His moaning drives me nuts. He's got that moany kind of face though, right? Yeah. Like when you it's have those guys on your team, like, do you... Does it rub you the wrong way or do you kind of appreciate it? That you got that villain. A guy doesn't mind being the villain. If you he's get, good. Yeah, you get used to it. He's but then sometimes side, when they moan too much, you're like, shut up. Yeah. Even if he's on your own side, sometimes you can get a little bit annoyed with him. But for the most yeah. part, they usually... That's, uh, that's what I mean. Problem. Like when he's a teammate and he's like always at the ref, always just barking at people. Mm, he just, yeah. you better be good, right? You better back it up. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a teammate that you can remember that did that? A, a good player, good good team member, but some guy that would just had to now and again be told to settle down and shut up? Mm. Paolo Di Canio? I was going to say Di Canio. Yeah, he'll be the one, mm, right? Yeah. yeah, that happened a few times. Although, if you told him, I remember Shaka Hislop telling him once and he started throwing teapots all over the fucking dressing room. <laughs> 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 you, know the, you know the big urns, Jimmy? You know the big urns with the yeah. boiling water in it? He tipped that over and started kicking the shit out of that and throwing stuff around the dressing room. It was it was it was pretty pretty hey, something. Who, who was it that uh <laughs> that Hartson booted in the face? Oh Berkovich, yeah. Berkovich. He looked yeah. like a little moaner. He was. He was an incredibly gifted, like brilliant midfield player, especially at home. Away from home, sometimes he would be a bit of a passenger if you didn't get a lot of the ball. But at home, Israeli player, yeah. Brilliant at Southampton, then he moved to West Ham. Bit of a mercenary guy, like he didn't uh, didn't care so much about any particular club. He'll go where the money is and move where the money is. And he kind of did that his whole career. Different sort of thing, but yeah, really, really good. In that particular moment when Hearts had kicked him in the head in training too, it was a short side of five aside and I remember our side where the camera that picked it up was to my immediate left and pointing down toward the other end. And when it happened, I looked straight at the camera and the guy's rolling for sure. Harry looks down the the touchline and the only reason why the cameras were there is because it was a Sunday and we had a Monday night game and they opened it up for the media and bring the cameras in and, you know, take some B-roll or whatever for their for Sky News or whatever, right? So Harry went and talked to him, and they said, oh, don't worry. That won't see the light of day. Um, it's gone. Consider it gone. And it wasn't for two weeks after the, the video. I was sitting at home watching Sky News, Sky Sports News, and all of a sudden, coming up next, big brawl, something at West Ham. And next thing you know, they show this clip of John Hartson just wellying aisle in the head. And I'm like, oh, Oh no! <laughs> you can imagine some producer or somebody at Sky has got a hold of the video where this guy said, "No, it's not going to see the light of day," and they're like, "Oh yes, it is." <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it is, and yeah. So it was actually two weeks later. 
yeah, obviously John took a bit of a took some heat over that, but Harry was also the blame for it. He was winding him up because we were smashing them in the minus five aside. We were buzzing our side, and he was winding the others. He like show some get get up, show some gumption, like get you know you're getting slaughtered, blah blah blah. And meanwhile, I'll nutmegs uh, John and just like just skins him with a beautiful little inside little touch. Puts it through his legs, goes around him. John Hartson's like, oh, I'm not having that. Two foots him from behind, down goes Isle, and then the rest is history. I was on his knees, and he's about 100 pounds soaking wet. John Hartson's a rugby player, you know, yeah. 230 pounds. And Isle hits him in the leg, just kind of like swats him in the leg, like, like, what are you doing? And John takes one step back and volleys him in the head. <laughs> I remember it so well. <laughs> Oh, and that broke us just nuts. <laughs> oh, we went in to see him after, and, and uh, Isle had a swelling from his chin right up to his ear. <laughs> did they did they make up straight after, or was it some yeah animosity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't too. It wasn't too bad actually. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But it was. The, I remember you sit, John, or Harry entered the session right there, and he sat everybody down. Isle goes in to have a look to see if he's broken his jaw, and uh, he's like, John, like, John. It's completely out of order, son. Like, and he's like, "No, no, Harry, he hit me." He's like, "He, fuck, he hit you." <laughs> <laughs> he's a hundred pounds. He's on his knees. I don't care. You bullied his head. Yeah, he's. I don't care. He hit me. Oh my god. <laughs> how do the, the like? How do you guys react to that on the pitch at the time? Just like you, just like shocked, or was it? Uh oh, let's get in between these guys right now. Yeah, I stayed in, in my area. I was just more interested to see what happened with this camera and Harry chatting to the cameraman. About it. <laughs> uh, well, Jimmy, what's the most brutal uh, thing you've seen on the training pitch? Oh, I used to fight. So there was always fights. Big scuffles. I've had a couple good ones where they were two players just going at it. Mm-hmm. But it it normally happens like that too. What Craig's saying when the manager, you know, if you're playing these little games and that, and your team's kind of losing, the manager's winding you up and start getting frustrated and you lash out at somebody and then the fight breaks out. It's just the emotions running high. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's always a bad thing. I think sometimes a team has that, that, you know, you've been in teams where things aren't going well and there's a level of tension just sitting there, right? Under the surface. And it's something's got to give, right? And sometimes it takes a couple of right hooks to kind of break that, don't you find? Well, they want to see a bit of fire in your bellies. And the best way yeah. to do that, especially amongst a, a British squad, is to play North v. South. Like Oof. when I was 16 years of age, I go over to England and I have no idea what this North v. South thing is all about. And they're just, they put me whatever, you know, goalkeepers from the North, okay, he's going to play for the Craig, you're going to play for the South. And I was just kind of slotted in. But my God, the flesh and blood and <laughs> fire and like just absolutely trying to break each other's legs. And I was like, yeah, I don't like the Southerners and Northerners and just don't yeah. like each other. So that was always a good way to get a, get a reaction from the guys if you started playing North View South. What would they do with you, Jimmy? Same thing, kind of slot you in? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, we, they would do that or they would do England against the rest. <laughs> so we have... Ireland, Scotland, the foreigners all all together, and then it would get heated. That's for sure. 
What was the old that story, Jimmy? You had with the, the Northern Irishman. What's that? That, that story you had about the the Northern Irish teammate, and it oh, oh wasn't it the soldiers? You you were fighting. Oh, that's what it was. You were on some um, like team building thing with the army, British army. And, yeah, and you, what was it? Boxing or something? It was boxing preseason. Right, and, and we were Northern at Irish military base. Was it Northern, and everybody everybody had to get in the. Uh, get in the ring and fight this, this soldier. And you get in there for like, you know, 35 seconds and you get out there and you're just sparring. And then I remember I got in there, I'm having a little spar with this guy, throwing a jabs. He's throwing some, you're moving, right? Get your feet moving. Okay, next, you're out. Next player in. And then the Irish guys are lined up and they're just ready to go. <laughs> so I remember they, the first one, I think it was like Andy Reid. He jumps in and he's thinking, this is my, this is my turn right now. <laughs> this is for my country. And he gets in there and he starts throwing these haymakers. And you can see the, the British soldiers like, what the, what's going on here? So he's throwing a couple back and then they're going toe to toe. Okay. The whistle blows and they're dragging Reedy out. The next one was like John Thompson, another Irish guy. He gets in there and he's going toe to toe with this guy. And I mean, throwing them. You can see in their faces. Out he go. Keith Foy's in next. Another Irish guy. And they're going. The soldier's getting beat up like you wouldn't believe. And he's throwing them back. I was crying. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. What are they thinking? Yeah, a lot, a lot of the British like, players, a lot of the British players are like very good boxers. Oh yeah, Irish guys too. Like have a have a boxing background at some some level. You know? Yeah, well, a lot of schools like have boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't th- I bet they don't anymore. Yeah, I know. No, certainly, maybe not, not in recent years, but I know they used to have uh, very much boxing as part of the curriculum, right? It's good character mm-hmm. building, you know. They, yeah. they, most of them all do. Like yeah. even when I was young, like in my basement, we used to have the, the speed bag, punch bag, and oh yeah. Everybody learned how to fight in the family. <laughs> Remember Mar- uh, Rooney when him and uh, who was it? Did it? Oh, it was uh, the right back, his mate Barsley. Yeah, Phil Barsley, wasn't it? Yeah, Phil Barsley. Yeah, S- sparring in the in the living room and just catches Rooney with a peach down. He went. He nearly hit his head on the yeah. on the counter and the uh, that's right. The bar sparked <laughs> out. Yep, Barsley oh. was a tough boy. <laughs> it's brilliant uh the prem there uh, are lots of week uh week midweek games coming up uh, arsenal chelsea tomorrow it's juicy We've got liverpool mm. fulham on wednesday city west ham brighton united come up on uh on thursday as well so lots of action this week all those games of course you can find on fubotv.com so subscribe and watch all the coverage there mls not a bad weekend for the canadian teams hey jimmy yeah. TFC yeah. win, Montreal win, and Vancouver draw Colorado. But TFC, they, they make the signing of CJ Sapong. And on his debut, he scores. Looked pretty good. Yeah, they needed that big time. I think there was a lot of people looking, thinking oh, there's no way they're going to beat New York City. Because then they got the New, New England next. Two teams that are very good sides and in form. So for them to get that result was massive for them. They needed that big time. Fourth clean sheet as well, which is more than all of last season, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, we could be looking back and we'll see. It's amazing how the whole mood changes from last week. They got smashed 4 2. But, uh, you know, building a strong defense first and then figuring out the other end of the field, that is a pretty common 
coaching tactic in football. We'll see what happens in the next little while, Craig, because defensively, yeah. they're, they're okay. Yeah. I, the most important thing for them is that they show improvement, move and trend in the right direction. As we know, get yourself ready in that playoff situation when it comes at the end of the season. Yeah. That's well, the big thing is, too, you, hunt. if you can shore up the back and you're not conceding, they've got enough firepower going forward when they're when they're all in sync and they're playing together. Yeah. Richie Larea has been come. playing really well, eh? Oh, yeah. He's dynamite. I, I love watching him. Great assist on that goal. I wonder yeah. if Forrest go down, whether he would possibly be able to get back in that lineup. Yeah. He, I just don't know what the loan agreement is. Yeah. It was never divulged, I don't think, was it? Well, but, but I did hear that he was supposed to be, it ends shortly, doesn't it? Like well, well, June, right? I guess when the season ends, right? Well, I don't even fun. know if it's in. I think yeah, they, they, they extended it to the end of this season. I, I you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to out. get him on and see what's going on. But yeah. he's, he's doing really well. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the, thing oh, is, the thing is, too, I mean, You'd like they could probably use him now because that Nico Williams he, he fractured his jaw, so he's out for the rest of the season. And they need right. someone down that, that right well, pace, yeah. No yeah. kidding, eh? he would not let them down. I just know he would, like, I know it's weird, isn't it? I, it's think he, I think he would do a job for them big time. Mm-hmm. In the Vancouver game, of the first all female officiating crew in that one, yeah, in, in Colorado, yeah, yeah. You think they, uh, we get more respect an all female crew than I mean I'm being honest here like do you think footballers would be a little bit more respectful of a of a female female crew than the men's crew mm, no I don't think no. so I think they'll, they'll no. hold them they'll hold them to task like any any other referees yeah. yeah I think they absolutely showed tremendous respect toward them as they should um, they're there on merit really and they're good referees and they did a really good job they got VAR to protect them as well so um yeah, I got no issues with that if they're good enough. <laughs> oh no, no, of course no issues with it. I just wonder. I mean, yeah. we, we, the way Klopp went at the fourth official, for example, right in the Liverpool game, I just wonder if he would have done the same if it was a a female fourth yeah, official. Good, good question. Good question. I don't, think, I don't. I don't think it makes a difference whether it's a male or a female. I mean, the heat of the moment. You know, if it's a bad call or a good call, whatever it is, you, you're still going to say what you got to say, whether it's a, a man or a woman. It doesn't matter what they are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing a job, right? I know. Yeah. And if you're doing a bad one, which referees always seem to be doing. <laughs> but I just find like if I'm driving, right, and some, some dickhead cuts me off, right, and I get really angry, and you pull up beside them, if it's a woman driver, I usually calm down straight away. I, I, can't, I can't give her this. I won't give her the same angry and shaking my fist. What if she's giving you the finger at the same time? I'll say, hey, Tony, strange to see you here. <laughs> what a coincidence. You, you cut me off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I get a lot more angry at men for some reason. It's probably a good thing, I guess. Uh, CPL, Jimmy, good weekend. Halifax 1-1 against Vancouver. Great crowd in that one, eh? Yeah, it was. They do. They got fantastic fan base there. It's a great place to play. Probably the best in the league. But obviously they'll be disappointed as well because they're still looking for their first win. That's three draws now for them. You think, you know, I, they had glimpses of, of playing really well, but just not consistent enough throughout the match. Um, Vancouver looked decent as well for, for an expansion side. 
Mm-hmm. Got their first win last week, of course. That's, That's what they have to do. They have to set up the situation like in Halifax, where it's a really good time to come out, bring out your friends. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a bit of a party and a football game breaks out. They need yeah. to set that up just about everywhere else. It's not that easy. Um, but if you look at York and the situation with them recently, at the university, Jimmy, that it's almost impossible with that setup to get that kind of environment. You're just too far away. And maybe in the future, the teams like Halifax, smaller towns, Hall- you know, it looks at something like Cologne and British Columbia. That yeah. might be the, that might be where they get the best support because yeah. the big markets like Toronto and York, let's face it. You got to think that, well, it's, you got to get a couple thousand out. You got five point something million people living here. And what, how many people over hunt, Half a million live in New York region, I think. So that's bigger than most cities, and they can't draw flies. It's just something about Toronto. Um, if it's not major league, it's just never done well. No. The thing is, too, when you look at Halifax, the location's perfect. Exactly. It's like downtown. It's like right near all the bars and restaurants. and mm-hmm. Just this too, right? And at at MLS, the same thing happens. Philadelphia, short-sighted. They put that stadium, which is nice, out in a crappy area. So it's a real effort to get there. You're never going to create that sort of atmosphere. And Seattle is different. you got the – they're playing – got the bars all there set up brilliantly well in Seattle for for fans to go to restaurants and bars right next to the stadium. TFC and BMO, they've got that um, as well, locally, uh, close by. Chicago, terrible. They're, they built out in a really poor area, cheap land, dangerous. You know, I remember but they, going they there. Did, and, Chicago actually moved back downtown to Soldier Field. They did, but what's yeah. going to happen with Soldier Field? Because I know the Bears are building a new stadium way out as well, but they're okay because the NFL will always be okay from, from that standpoint. But what happens yeah. to Soldier Field? don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, that stadium was – there's nothing wrong with Chicago in that stadium. It's just the problem is where it is. We couldn't even go get a bite to eat on our break. It was just like, no, 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 no. You don't go anywhere around here. You you get in your car and you leave. There's nothing to eat around here. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay. Yeah, it wasn't – it was a nice little stadium, but sure, middle of nowhere. The thing is, too, our game football is – it's an urban sport. You've got to be downtown. Yeah. Right. You can't be out in the suburbs. Suburbs, you know, for American football, it's great because they like to tailgate and they're there for hours. Everybody's hanging out. But our game, it's go to the pubs, few drinks, bite to eat, and then walk over to the match. Exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's a huge thing that is. Yeah. Yeah. That culture. Uh, I'll tell you what, Moba Bully's free kick, uh, he does a few more of those. You'll put some more punters in the seats at York Lions Stadium. Um, beating Atletico Ottawa in Ottawa. Big result for York, given what's happening there. On the yeah. pitch, a massive one, and that that goal by Babuli. Yeah, do you know what? It was a, it was a match too that it didn't didn't liven up really until towards the end of the game. It was, you know, both teams kind of canceling each other out, and not too many opportunities. But that free kick was just absolutely perfect. It, you you don't see many better than that. No, he's a good player. Needed, isn't he? needed, oh yeah, he's he's a good player. player. He's, he's he's I mean he's, he's great too for good for CPL, but he's yeah. kind of perfect, isn't he? I think yeah. he's he's a star. And then he yeah. stars. Yeah. Yeah. Big win for them. Good for them. Cavs uh, tied. Cavalry tied Valor 1-1. Yeah. Cavs, uh, slow start. Still looking for their win. You know, it's not like them. Normally, they, they've got things in place and they, they start off well. But, yeah, they've got some some work to do. That's for sure. 
Meanwhile, Forge beat Pacific at Pacific 1 0. Yeah. They're good. They're probably got the deepest squad in the league. Forge, mm-hmm. that's for sure. They got some very good players. Even the players coming off the bench are. Would, they're would be they're starting every other club. They're yeah. a dynasty. Well, it's as the Simoniatos brothers take over the world of football, slowly, one thing at a time, you know, they're, they're dominating the CPL, right? They've got Costas now at the CPL headquarters, right? Slowly but surely, before our very eyes, the Simoniatos brothers are taking over Canadian soccer. It's not a bad thing. It's probably a good thing. Big win for them, though. Um, the uh, Dubs uh, sent us a, a note saying, you have to mention the, the Women's Champions League semifinals. So we will, Dubs. You can do it in more detail, but uh, actually a big game today, Arsenal-Dortmund. Uh, sorry, for Wolfsburg later yeah. today, I believe, right? It was 2-2 last week. Will Sabrina D'Angelo get some minutes in goal? You'd, you'd hope so. Um, last week, Chelsea lost to Barcelona. Um, they, they tied them 1-1, but they're out. Jesse Fleming at the new Camp. Good to see a Canadian play football at the new Camp. How many have played there, do you think? So uh, Julian's played there, for sure. Um... I'm trying yeah. to think. In cup competitions, anybody's spells played there? Has Kyle Laren played there yet? That's what I was, I was wondering. Yes, I don't, I don't, think, he don't think he's played there yet. Yeah. He's played at Burnabout while he was right. on the bench, That's but. right. Yeah. So I don't think at, at the new camp just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Ar- Arsenal Wolfsburg game is sold out, the return. Yeah. Biggest crowd on. there, right? In, in their history, I think. In, uh, Six, 60,000 people. Yep. Um, Arsenal have done an amazing job. I've been reading up about their women's program and how they've actually marketed it as second to none in the, the, the WSL in England. They market the two teams almost equally together. Um, and they do a good job. I mean, the ticket sales, yeah, sold out. But there's also early bird specials that you could have got tickets for as, less, as little as four pounds for kids. Wow. Six pounds for adults. And then regular prices are 12 and six pounds for kids. So, you know, the pricing's right. Uh, significantly different than the men, of course. Um, but they've done it right. And they don't boast about it, but they certainly think that there's room to grow there and their marketing has done a really good job. I mean, even their social media followers are, are really quite good. Hundreds of thousands on Twitter and TikTok. They got 4.7, Facebook 4.9 million, something like that. So, uh, they've proven that uh, if it's marketed well and they've got a team that's competitive, that they can they can draw big crowds, which is which is really good. I'm sure uh, Project Eight are watching it and just like taking notes as well how to market, you know, women's soccer. Different market here, I know. I'm not comparing it to. to well, that's there. the thing, you know. Charms is like, like, is these these are brands like Arsenal have been around for you know yeah. over a hundred years. Man City, Man United, Chelsea, West Ham. These are all women's programs. Like, and then you know. I know they want to bring a certain amount of players home, but as that European situation gets greater, the money's going to be at a level that your budget in the Canadian League, Project 8, in all due respect, if, you, if you've got a budget of 500000 600000 for your entire team, you've got players that are making twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year. I mean, how are they going to draw the best players back? It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, then just a development league for the, the top tier? Maybe that's what it is. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating mm-hmm. couple of years as they build this thing, right? They've got some big founding partners already. There is money, right? It's going to be an interesting build, and we'll obviously follow it very, very closely. Um, Barcelona, by the way, won Liga F 
I think the fourth straight time just dominate Spanish football, don't they? Yeah, they kill it. Yeah, crush it. They do it right. Speaking of big brands, you wonder though. I mean, you mentioned the, the ticket sales there and, and and the prices. If you are, you know, a upstart women's league here, or if you're a CPL, even. I mean, it's not about necessarily making tons of money through the gate right now. It's, it's surely just getting people to see the product. Right? Yeah, expose dirt, them to it. Dirt yeah. cheap tickets, like don't say, oh, yeah. just yeah. twenty five. That's cheap. No, like four, five, six, ten, ten dollars. Dirt cheap. Just get them there. Mm-hmm. Incentivize it, right? Yeah. And there's it usually is a lot of free tickets available, but in this particular case, there's actually no free tickets available. There is people are buying the tickets, but in, in hospitality, that's actually a decent. Those are pretty expensive tickets if you and they're all sold. So yeah, well, yeah. good for them. It is good. Big week. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I I have to go. We've been doing this long enough, I think. Now, anyway, probably. Right, JC, it's time to say uh, adieu. Um, have you have you purchased or put a bid on for Craig's well, autograph? Well, no, it's, you know, I, I think I found something more intriguing. Sorry, Craig. But I found an autographed uh, Toronto football club, uh, like fully spelled out. Uh, Jim Brennan, number 11 jersey, plus hat, plus shorts that was on for $200, discounted rate at 125 I feel like hey. they might want to invest in some uh, Jimmy Brennan, uh, a full kit, because that's something you can wear out. Is it, you know, and it is looks it like there's one? also a scarf there. Game one or just signed? <laughs> uh, it's, it's signed. It is it? Say, it doesn't say anything has else. It been, has it been washed, I wonder? Is it actually Jimmy's signature? Uh, <laughs> it looks Don't like... Don't do that one. That might be the one I posted myself. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh, to, to Danish. Uh, best wishes, Jimmy Brennan. Ah, best do, wishes. Do, do you remember Danish? Nope. Danish? Yeah, she probably said, don't put my name on there. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just brought the value down. It yeah. still has Jimmy's game scent. It's, it's hard to find somebody with the same name to sell that to. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, this has been Footy Planet Podcast. Uh, we're back later this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Wonga, we love you. Keep on newspapers, bye. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 